This is the Business Storytelling Show, a top global marketing podcast listened to in more than 100 countries, live streamed on social media, and broadcast on DBTV. Christoph Trapp chats with industry leaders to help your company tell better business stories. Here's today's episode. Episode 625, my friends, and we're actually taking a break from live streaming just a little bit because yours truly is having pretty extensive surgery, so no live streaming for a few weeks. But of course, you can always catch up on the podcast episodes uh, wherever you listen to podcast episodes and check out ChristophTrap.com for the archive as well. Today, we want to talk about what goes into modern B2B marketing. So what's modern? What's traditional? I don't know. So we have the authors of this book on the show today. Uh, we will see how that looks here with three people. I guess we just did that earlier um, last week. But let's get them on the show, David and Cullion, to talk about their book, Modern B2B Marketing, um, and what is B2B, what is modern marketing? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Things evolve, so we need to stay with the times. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Um, hey, let's talk about your book. First of all, what prompted you to write the book? And then let's dive into what is modern marketing and what's not so modern. All right. Well, great. Uh, Christoph, you know, first of all, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, we're absolutely thrilled to be on your show. So, you know, one of the, my motivations for writing the book was, you know, I do a lot of mentoring of sort of early in career employees. And, you know, as part of this mentoring process, I wanted to recommend a book, but I couldn't find one. Um, there's books on SEO, there's books on influencer marketing, there's books on content marketing, you name it. There was really nothing that ties any of these things together. So that was one of my motivations. And I believe, Callie, and you've, you work with a lot of startups, um, you know, you tell us maybe some experiences on that side of it. Yeah, David, I, I, I will completely concur with what you just said. Uh, I've been in marketing for about 25 years. I've gone through an MBA program. I have learned the theory of marketing uh, for sure. Uh, but in the 25 years that I've been in marketing, I have not yet come across a, a practical book that cleanly uh, delineates uh, what B2B marketing and in particular technology marketing is all about. And uh, in some sense, this consider this a paid forward book. Uh, David and I have talked about this in the past. Uh, you know, for anybody who is starting out in their career, who is uh, doing PR, product marketing, demand gen, uh, customer marketing, you name it, uh, especially in a technology company, uh, which uh, just about every company is today, uh, this is a book that will at least give you the, the lay of the land and will help you understand how to, how to understand your organization and also how to move marketing forward in your company. You know, what I liked about uh, some of the things I heard there is tying things together. And I see that way too often. You know, we have people talking about we are a sales led organization. We are a insert the blank led organization. Right. But nobody ever says we're an integrated led organization, whatever the word might be. But you know what I'm saying? And when I do even live streams and podcasting, it's so fascinating to me how many people think of all these different things as like one standalone thing. And my opinion to this day is, and I wrote the book on that topic, going live, getting more out of your podcast. Um, you know, you do a live stream. 
send it to the people that are already connected to you for, for the last decade or whatever. Publish a podcast, right? I mean, why would that not be the first step? And then write an article, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, duh. And then turn that into social posts and then use that as sales collateral and then use that as a nurture campaign. I mean, it never ends, right? But I still see, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I see so many companies, they're only focusing on one thing. They're only focusing on the quarter that ends tomorrow, forgetting about the two quarters down the road. I mean, am I just dreaming things up here or what do you think? No, Christoph, I think that's a pretty, pretty astute observation. You know, a lot of the companies we work for, um, you know, in the B2B space, it's all about generating leads and that's fine. We need to, we need to generate leads and, and drive demand, but you know, they miss the thought leadership and brand awareness piece. They miss the, uh, sales enablement, you know, if our salespeople can't prosecute the leads or understand how to, um, how to, how to, you know, convince the prospects that they need this, our product and they need it now, then, you know, you're, you're wasting all of your marketing effort. And then lastly, you know, customer success is, is so important. So, you know, that's uh, one of another motivation behind this, but you're right. A lot of companies focus on one thing. Um, you know, Callie, thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I hundred percent agreed with you. Uh, you know, the, the, the often, uh, quoted Gartner uh, statement is that there are about, you know, anywhere from six to 10 decision by uh, decision makers in a buying process. And they usually get anywhere from four to five pieces of information from the company, either, either they, you know, uh, get it uh, themselves or they solicit it from the companies. And uh, so now, right. Uh, you got many people who have lots of data that they have to reconcile and uh, maybe at times even de-conflict uh, within that group so that they can, uh, you know, take a, a B2B, um, yeah, you know, transaction through, right? So so it starts with awareness and thought leadership, exactly as David uh, mentioned, you know, you have to go through a, a demand-gen process where you get engaged, you get nurtured by the company, you got sales enablement where your sales team is now actively engaging with your prospects. And then finally, there is customer success, adoption, upsell, you name it, right? So uh, most companies, um, you know, are very maniacally focused on that, uh, on that DG function today. It's all about pipeline. It's all about closing. But you got to think about the holistic picture. And that's what we wanted to uh, press forth and, and also explain well in this work. And hopefully what companies think about as well is not don't just hound people. I mean, yes, stay in touch, but just like the constant mm. hammer of emails coming my way. There was I'm not making this up. There was a company one time and I totally needed their services. And I literally went with a competitor because the competitor wasn't as annoying. Do you know what I mean? Like how bad <laughs> is it going to be? But if you just like I'm obviously evaluating your product, I don't need to be asked every day if I'm ready to buy, right? I'm literally looking into it right now. Um, and that's of course more at the bottom of the funnel. Let's focus on maybe top of the funnel a little bit for a second here. And my perspective is that I think a lot of B2B companies and there's some there's some people out there who do it really well, but I think there's a lot of growth potential for B2B companies and maybe any company to have better thought leadership. Uh, what do you think about that? How can companies improve their thought leadership and? And um, how does that actually help with their pipeline? Yeah, you know, Christoph, I, th actually thought leadership is a, it's really a passion of mine. And I think a lot of companies, they, when they look for thought leaders, they mix up thought leadership and evangelism. And really the big difference is 
evangelism is all about your products. How do the products work? It's, it's a pretty, pretty focused on the, the offering from the company, but thought leadership, people engage with your company and with your brand because they want to learn something. You know, to your point, Christoph, they don't want to be annoyed. So I, I love thought leadership and you have to have a unique perspective on, on, on the market and what's going on. And it's not about pushing the product. It's about educating the audience and, you know, having a unique point of view in, in the world. Um, Callie, thoughts? Yeah, uh, David, I, I go back to what uh, my my 82-year-old mom has always said. You need to give to get, right? And and a thought leadership, uh, you know, in all forms is what you are giving back to the market, right? And it needs to be something that is uh, of value to the, to the prospect who is getting this information. And, uh, uh, you know, David, you and I have done uh, many thought leadership exercises in the past. You know, you can you can lead thought leader. You can you can create thought leadership with a with a unique point of view to to educate the market. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of where certain technologies, processes, methodologies are going, you can definitely bring you know a data driven thought leadership to the market too, where where you can bring some data. Uh, you know, uh, surveys, you name it, uh, that'll help your prospect get uh, more educated about the market and the approaches to solving problems in the market. So there are multiple ways of approaching thought leadership for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think David, you and I have, you know, strongly believe that this is the way to open the door at a prospect. Uh, you know, sending 17 uh, SDR emails, which happens to be, I think, par for the course for many companies today is doesn't do much. Uh, and, you know, they, the outcome may be not very different from what, Christoph, you just described. Yeah. And, you know, actually, just I'll just add, you know, you know, one thing that, you know, I think companies really need to rethink the entire approach. I mean, when is the last time you answered a phone call? We have a lot of people have, you know, outbound sales, mm-hmm. answered a phone call for a phone number you didn't recognize, or you actually click through on, you know, the hundreds of marketing spam that everybody gets every day, you know, so I think people really need to rethink you know, how they're approaching this, this entire discipline. What's interesting to me, though, is when, um, I mean, I don't mind getting emails from companies, right? But I don't need them every two days, right? I mean, there was one person on the show one time, and I think it was a B2C brand, maybe it was a pizza brand, and she got an email from that pizza brand every single day to buy a pizza, like, as much as we like pizza, who wants to eat pizza every single day? I mean, seriously, right? Like it's overkill. Um, the one thing I want to mention is uh, we did have two other guests on the show the other day, but I kind of like this layout in Christoph's content corner. In case you're wondering what the background is, my friends, with three people, it's kind of nice. Maybe we should do that more often. The, the cozy yeah, corner. People. Love it. Right? Yeah. Christoph's content corner, not cozy, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's debatable. <laughs> but anyway, so but let's talk about modern marketing, modern B2B marketing. Uh, how do companies get there? What do they need to do to actually get started? And how do you prove the success? Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to just start with a, a definition, you know, how we think about it. I think there's several dimensions, but, you know, I think modern B2B marketing is really it's a systematic approach, a way to convince a committee of buyers, uh, it could be 12 people, that they, number one, have an unmet need, two, your solution can solve that in a unique way, and three, they need to have it now. And, you know, I think the elements that go into that, there's thought leadership and awareness, demand gen, sales enablement, competitive differentiation. You have to have a 
compelling software solution, obviously, and in a trusted trusted brand. So um, that's how I think about what modern B two B marketing is. Um, Galleon, I'd love to hear your your thoughts. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with everything that you've said, David. Uh, I, but I, I do want to also highlight what Kristoff uh, brought up at the top of the uh, program here, right? It, it is about integrated marketing, right? It, mm -hmm. It's not random acts of marketing where, you know, one day the PR team sends out, you know, a PR and then two days later, the SDR touches them with a completely different message and, uh, uh, you know, and, and everything in between. Uh, it is about making sure that uh, all these pieces are uh, integrated and thought in the context of a true buyer's journey, right? I mean, uh, this is a word that, uh, this is a phrase that you will hear multiple times throughout our book. Uh, the notion of a buyer journey that starts with a buyer being, you know, pretty uh, uh, unaware of your product uh, but uh, and and but 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 definitely having a problem and then you know setting the the state so that they think about the problem in the way you want to uh, in the way you want them to 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 think about the problem because that's how you are going to eventually sell your products or your widgets to them uh, and then and then building out the entire motion from that point on right awareness demand gen sales enablement customer success and adoption I think the one thing I heard you guys talk about a few times now is integration. And I know integration, I mean, maybe if somebody has solved this problem, they are making millions and are retiring right about now. But how do we actually get there? So when I'm thinking, when I heard you talk about that, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, you got people over here who pull whatever lever they have, right? And they just push their own agenda. And then you got people over here who do something else. And you got people over here who were hired to do something else. How do you actually integrate all these things? And I mean, I'm a big, big believer in having um, collaborative cultures, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes people just try to build their little fiefdom, right? And push around mm -hmm. their weight or whatever, whatever it might be. So how do we actually get a company to be integrated? I mean, is it just about relationships? Is it about leadership? Is it about something else? How do we, how do companies do it? I, mean, I, I can I can start and David you can you can jump in right I mean to me uh, like like all things in uh, in B2B companies right it's a it's a mix of people process and technology right and and, and you were you mentioned the word leadership uh, I think leadership is extremely important if you really have to do integrated marketing it, it starts all the way from the top the CMO or the VP of marketing as the case may be in the company you know should should understand all the cogs in the in the wheel and they should try to bring all these things together uh you know david and i are also obviously very uh you know we are product marketeers by trade so we have a soft bias to product marketing being the 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 central cog that that drives a lot of functions within marketing so we believe that a strong product marketing team that understands all aspects of the market, uh, the, you know, the differentiation, the approaches, uh, and of course the the unique uh, USP uh, uh, value proposition that your own widget brings uh, is is also critical in 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 making sure that this integration happens. Uh, there are processes, there are technologies. You know, we have used tools like Asana and things like that in our previous companies that actually help you uh, bring a lot of these. Uh, uh, methodologies together; those all help, but but I would strongly say that you know it starts all the way from the top, right? So if you don't 
if you don't understand the various pieces of the marketing puzzle and if you don't believe in uh, bringing them together uh, for any for any and all motions within marketing, uh, this is not going to work well. Uh, I will say one other thing. Uh, you know, let's not just think of this as integration within marketing alone. Let's also think of it as integration within the go-to-market teams, right? So that goes beyond marketing. That includes our sales, you know, brothers and sisters who are out there, you know, pitching and selling the product every day. It also includes the customer success team that is working with us uh, to make sure that whatever we have sold, uh, we do deliver it to the expectation of the customer. Yeah, you know, Kelly, I'd like to add, you know, just couple things, you know, I think number one, companies, they need to have really a customer obsessed strategy. You know, they, they, they need to, I think that's like needs to be the core of it. You know, the second thing is if works primarily for data and analytics companies and, you know, with all the different channels and interaction points with your customers and prospects, it's still the wild west out there. You know, we can't integrate, Marketo with Google Analytics, with your community, with whatever systems, with HubSpot or whatever systems you're using in there. I think, you know, having a, a, a big focus on making sure you get that data and analytics infrastructure right and making sure that people are data literate within the organization is, is you know, a huge, huge thing that many companies, they just don't invest in. I don't know why. I think to Christoph's point earlier, they have these fiefdoms and, you know, the people that are running Marketo or whatever automation system, they're focused on that. And the web people are focused on Google analytics and whatever. And, and there's nothing really that stitches that together. And you're, you're missing a lot of signals if, if you don't, if you don't integrate that stuff uh, properly. Yeah. Interesting. I, you know, um, I was just looking over here on Amazon. We are live streaming on Amazon today, my friends. So if you are watching this on TV or anywhere else, make sure to search for Christoph trap on Amazon and you will find my, store somebody's calling me call us declined while i'm live on air uh, <laughs> shout out to christina nietzsche uh, b2b is huge no doubt i agree with that christina by the way has a fantastic uh, channel on amazon talks about all kinds of different things things you want around the house weightlifting uh, all those kind of different things so check her out uh, christina nietzsche and i have no idea if that's how you say it n-i-c-c-i um, on amazon so Maybe for the last uh, few minutes here of the show, let's talk about um, how how do you do this in different size companies? So, for example, right, we have some of these B two B companies, and they're starting out. They might not even have marketing, right? I mean, who they're just like it's an afterthought or whatever. Um, so, how do you do it in that kind of company that's just rolling out their first marketing? team or function or whatever you want to call it. And how does that change the bigger you get? Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can talk about uh, a smaller companies since I have a lot of experience working with earlier stage companies. Uh, and I, 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 you know, this is a question, Christoph, that I get often from CEOs. Uh, you know, I want to build out my first marketing team. Who do I hire? What's the skill set of the person that I, that I hire for this, for, you know, first in this company? And I always, uh, you know, I have a personal bias, but I, I, I believe over time, I have, I've seen this to be true. Uh, hire your first uh, product marketing person. Uh, you know, what you need at that early stage of a company is someone who can uh, understand the market, understand the competitors in the market, understand the, the alternate, alternate ways of doing things in the market. And... Uh, Put together a, a, a message uh, which uniquely 
explains what you are bringing to the market and uh, you know the the problem sets and the and the solutions that that you're trying to address. Uh, you know that usually you know ought to be the first hire. The second hire I, I generally recommend to teams uh, is a demand gen person uh, because that I think starts to get the demand gen flywheel going. The demand gen team uh, and and this demand gen person also helps you test out your messages in the in the market itself so that you know you're not just confined to the four walls of the company and coming up with a message that may sound uh, you know great internally may give everybody happy years but uh, may not uh, stand the first test uh, you know when you when you go out to the market so so start with product marketing hire the demand gen and then everything else can follow uh, david would you have any um, more elaboration on bigger companies and how to make this work in in yeah, I think what hap- you know, what tends to happen, what I've seen is, you know, as the company gets bigger, you know, you start to develop specialized functions. So, you know, you have a larger demand gen team, you have maybe a, a whole content uh, content team, and you have a whole sales enablement team. And, and what I think happens is, um, you know, people start to lose sight of that integration integrated approach because there's competing interests. Everybody's trying to do the right thing but everything is not always aligned. And so as the company grows, I think leadership becomes even more important. So you don't, you know, develop these islands of people that, you know, may not be um, swimming in, in the same direction. You know, I mean, I haven't argued with you guys too much, but you know, the one argument I would make is if you are serious about thought leadership, I, maybe that shouldn't be your first hire, but certainly you need to figure out a way on how to do that appropriately because here's the reality. Um, it is important to get started with your content. You will never mm-hmm. rank if you don't get started and keep going. It takes a while, right? And you got to be strategic about it. So even if you don't hire a content person to do your thought leadership um, you know, full time, you got to hire somebody in my humble opinion. But of <laughs> course, you know that's the kind of content I create, love to create. And, you know, push people down the funnel. I know time always flies when you have fun. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, You know, to wrap it up here, tell me about, like, who should reach out to you? Do you guys take clients? Who do you work with? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, appreciate it, Christoph. Yeah, um, feel free to, you know, hit hit me up on on LinkedIn, available. We are... um certainly open open to, to work in, in different projects we have you know 50 plus year, years of experience across 12 different companies that means we're a little bit old but you know that's okay give us a call yeah absolutely uh you know we we've done, we work from you know anywhere from small i would say 10 person company to a thousand person company we have uh, bought about uh, you know substantial changes in many of these organizations and have real world experience to prove right uh, this is not uh, Three guys from a from an MBA school, right? Or two guys from an MBA school, <laughs> I should say, writing writing a writing a book. Uh, what you see out here are real world experiences, and we can definitely bring that to bear to any any and all companies out there. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review the Business Storytelling Show on your favorite podcast platform, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. See you then. Thank you.